welcome, 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 podcast listeners. You are here with your host, Budget Pedal Chap. This is episode number 33 of the Fret Talk Podcasts. You are here with a cornucopia of gentlemen tonight. I say gentlemen in the loosest possible term. Um, we have got, we, let's start off, we've got Mick. Say hi, Mick. Oi, oi, oi. We've got our regular Matt. <laughs> Good evening. We've got Mr. Paul Farrell. Good evening, everybody. And we have got Chris. Hello. Absolutely excellent. Slightly more civilised than we did it before, that was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we're, we're going to start off with our what you've been up to this week. Um, I'm going to start with Matt because he's he's new to the call and I'm feeling mean. So, go go ahead, Matt. What have what you been up to? Um, so, yeah, this week um, I've learned yesterday that all of the acoustic stuff that I've been learning for the past, like, I think it feels like months, but it's probably like six weeks or so. Half um, an hour. It's kind of half, half been wasted because I was learning chords and vocal lines to sing, and I'm no longer <laughs> singing. Um, we were told that they wanted half an hour of acoustic pop, so we assumed they wanted some pop music, but they don't. They want the, just the acoustic guitar, so they want somebody playing the vocal lines on a guitar. Oh, um, man. Which neither me or the other guitarist had planned for. So I've got that I need to transcribe the vocal lines onto an acoustic guitar um, in 10 days. Holy shit. <laughs> so yeah, that's um that's an ask right there, that is. Um yeah. at least you haven't got to do any take that. <laughs> <laughs> I have got to do some take that. <laughs> doing some really cheesy terrible pop music. To be honest, it's not all terrible pop music. There's a bit of Neil Young in there as well. Um and even a bit of Foo Fighters, but most of it is cheesy pop music from the 90s and 2000s. I mean, that that is the Foo Fighters, no, yeah. isn't it? Cheesy pop from the 90s. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I, I, don't, I don't hide it. You're broken. You don't like the Foo Fighters? No, I don't, know. Oh, come on. They're just, they're the musical equivalent of the colour beige. <laughs> They're just what like, are talking about? Um, I'm with Adam on this one. It's just middle of the road, rock by numbers, and I've got no time for it. Yeah. <laughs> California Fornication was there. Uh, it, wasn't it? Chili Peppers. Why not? Oh, yeah, sure. Was it? Oh, one by Mac. Foo Fighters. Oh, yeah, fuck. I'm going to. I'll prefix with this, this whole rant with um, Dave Grohl. Seems like an absolutely stand-up guy, and I'm I'm sure I'd love to meet him down the pub and have a drink with him. He is also an absolutely wicked musician. However, the musical output of the Foo Fighters you just don't me, like it songs. No. Oh it, yeah, sorry. Yeah. They they just yeah they're not for me. Some some of the later albums are probably a bit poorer than the early. I think the earlier stuff was really good. The first album was really. Really, really good, and um, the second album was a topper as well. I, I, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd almost argue the exact opposite. I, I, I 
kind of <laughs> see them getting no, a you, bit... No, no, no um, way. You cannot tell me that late Foo Fighters is better than early Foo Fighters. It, it seems yeah, like even I'm going to have to disagree with you, Adam. That's, it just, it, that's a mad opinion. It gets a bit more edgy as it goes on, whereas the the it's early nice stuff... Hold on a minute. No, I would say the opposite way. <laughs> yeah. Late Foo Fighters is a much edgier than beach ball. <laughs> <laughs> late Foo Fighters is walk, which is just three chords. Early Foo Fighters are stuff like Monkey Wrench and Everland. Yeah, yeah. yeah just the whole, <laughs> the whole. Uh, <laughs> it's it's just pop punk, man. <laughs> but at least it's better than just bland. I can play three chords and sing about nothing. Mm. What's wrong with status quo? They they made a career out of it. Um, so yeah, I mean, what? What is my opinion of the Foo Fighters? Um, this should be about Matt. Come on. What have you been up to this week, Matt? <laughs> this is not about me. Like, uh, pretty much just the um, the acoustic guitar. Um, I still haven't had anyone buy the Squire that I'm trying to sell, the Jazzmaster, which means I can't start G yet. But so The plans are in place. This will be our... Uh, our sponsored advertisement here. Get yourself a bargain on a Squire Jazzmaster. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just go on any of the um, the the gear exchanges and and search Matt Matt Quine and you'll find it. It's it's and then offer them offer them like fifty quid or something. <laughs> <laughs> No, at this, at this no. point, he'll probably take it. How <laughs> <laughs> about hundred quid new? 339 quid, mate. Yeah. And he, he's asking for 380. It's a bargain. Um, Not asking for... Oh. So, <laughs> we, we're going to move on anyway, Matt, rather than grilling you yep. about your sales technique. Uh, because we have got an absolute shed load of stuff to catch up on with Chris. Chris, um, yeah. for those who remember from from podcasts of of your chris is he he has almost as much gear go through his hands as yeah, i've almost got a, a completely different rig for the last time i was on <laughs> <laughs> so i think that's that's probably somewhere where we should start because it, it kind of ties in with what mix uh what mix doing as well this um this week kind of in terms of purchases as well doesn't it yeah so so go on chris talk talk us through some of your uh your financial uh, <laughs> right, well, conquests. Where do I start here? Um, um, well, recently I bought a Stratocaster because when I was doing it, Steve's back was playing his um, Clapton um, custom shop Brownie Strat, I think it is. Mm. Is it a Brownie Strat, Matt? Yeah, yeah, it's the Clapton yeah, Brownie. Strat, yeah. Um, so I played that and that put me in the mood to get an R Strat. So um, I didn't have as much money to fork out and something like that. So I decided to buy a Squire Deluxe Strat pups and hardware and whatever else. But um, after going through the process, it changed the tuners and the trim system and the switch and a few other bits and bobs <laughs> and owning it for about maybe two or three weeks. Um, I saw that Reverend were selling a Pete Anderson or they do a Pete Anderson um, sort of Strat Tele hybrid type guitar. So, well, I'll get rid of this strat, sell yeah. it, 
and ordered the <laughs> Revenant, which I duly did. Yeah, it was it was a quick <laughs> and, uh, turnaround. Actually, actually, Cy, it was actually Sai on the, the Fret Talk group that actually bought that strat. Yeah, for the bargain price, I think it was two hundred twenty quid. He's yet to come onto this um, this podcast, but we need to get him on because I know he, he should should get him on something. He's got stories. Um, but yeah, yeah this yeah, it, it was it was one of the most miraculous turnarounds. Um, it's it's one of my quickest turnarounds, to be fair. Yeah, because <laughs> but I've, I've I've done a few quicker than that, but it is one of the quicker ones. Yeah, I think way back not, when the Italia quite was the quite quicker. Was it? Other oh, broadcast. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I've done one after a couple of days before. I don't remember what it was because there's been that many. But <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I have had something for a couple of days before, and then I've just went saying there by by. This I don't like it anymore. Yeah. So uh, just for our uh, for our listeners, what 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 squire strat was this? Because it it, w- it was a squire deluxe strat. What it was, it was actually the last one in the UK. I think in that color, it was a Daphne. It was nice. It was a Daphne blue strat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, maple boards. Yeah, it was like 350 quid. So when I bought it, I bought it with a full intention of changing the pickups and stuff and actually yeah. added the mid-boost circuit. Yeah. It was a um, custom shop, obviously. Um, but I never got that far before deciding to sell it. <laughs> yeah. And okay. ordering our, the Reverend Pete Anderson, which <laughs> is a really, really nice guitar. It is, it is. We, we can talk about some of the specs uh, of that just in a sec, but... yeah. Just before any of that, who the hell is Pete Anderson? I wonder the same thing, to be honest. As far as I know, he's, I don't actually know. I think he plays as like a solo act. Oh, and right, he, right. Has a, he has a band as well. I think he's maybe like a sort of country type artist or something. I don't know. I, I think he's country, country blues, I think. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. He's yeah. American anyway. I looked him up on YouTube <laughs> um, just to find out who he was because I thought I, I better know who this guy is in case somebody asked him. I've got a Anderson guitar. Wouldn't it just be yeah. cooler, though, if you if you were just rocking a Pete Anderson and they go, yeah, well, who's Pete Anderson? You say, I don't know. I don't care who that guy is. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a cool guitar. I mean, he's. They make a sort of no tele type version, and then the one that I bought is like a sort of hybrid Telecaster Strat. Yeah. So yeah. what what attracted me was the fact that I had the the, the element of Strat, which is a net endo pickup, and it's got the bridge pickup for a Telecaster. Yeah. So and it's, it's got, got has it got the whole um, Telecaster bridge? So the the steel. No, 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 no. Well, the the. The Tele style one has got a Telecaster bridge, but yeah. mine's has got the Wilkinson trim. It's actually uh, the same Wilkinson trim that I'd put onto the Strat that I just bought. <laughs> the irony. Um, it's the exact same trim system. Yeah, that's on the the Revenant. So yeah. Um, so I mean, at least but, um, yeah, one in like one out is an Also, yeah. Also, what I liked about it as well is the fact that the fretboard on it is a compound radius. Oh, So I damn. think it goes to 10 to 14, I think it is. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so that was something that attracted me as well. And also just the normal Reverend specs, the locking tuners and the satin finish. And yeah. Just the overall coolness of Reverend guitars. I like the idea of a compound radius because it allows cable yeah. cords at the one end and Ingvay Malmsteen at the yeah. other, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I was looking also at a Japanese, one of the new Japanese Telecasters. Yeah. But it was like, the radius is like 7.25, and yeah. that just put me straight off right yeah. away. Yeah, I good. can't deal with that either. 
I mean, because otherwise the uh, the the Japanese tellies, the double bound ones, are just they are to die for. But it's like yeah. it's that radius. Yeah, it's a white one I've got because I used to have. Yeah, I used to have the the, the uh, Squire Classic vibe one, which was limited at a time. I think it was anyway, and that was white with the black binding as well. And I sold yeah. it. My last thing I've sold, and uh, I always <laughs> regretted that one as well. Is it? And that's when I seen that Japanese one. I thought, yeah. Right, I'll get that. And then when I saw the radius of the neck, I was like, oh, forget nah, it. Nah, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know, I know what you mean. Language. <laughs> <laughs> that is the pot right there. <laughs> Saying kettle. Yeah. <laughs> Don't think I can finish that one, can I? <laughs> Whether you were going to or not. <laughs> yep. So... <laughs> Um, but those FSR um, tellies are really nice. The, yeah. the, the paisley ones. Yeah, yeah. I played, yeah, I played the blue paisley. Yeah, because there's the a blue paisley. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the blue paisley's good. Is the blue one not floral? It's, there's a, it's yeah, but it, it, well, it's plory paisley. You know, you know, you know. Yeah. Messed up jock sort of colour, you know. Uh, um, but yeah, you know, but yeah, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't find myself uh, to pick up the pink. Yeah, why not? Pink. It's awesome. A horrible, horrible thing. <laughs> if if you worked the pubs and clubs around my place, around where I live, and turned up with a pink guitar, <laughs> people will talk. Actually, you, you wouldn't. I've. <clears throat> I've had many a thing said about me whilst playing gay bar on my pink sparkly strap. <laughs> I really don't care. <laughs> I can only imagine. I can only imagine. But hey, man, you you show them. Stand tall, stand proud. So so, Chris. I mean, if it were just a squire strap that you had bought, you wouldn't mm-hmm, be living up to your name, would you? So let's. Uh, Let's, let's have yeah, a well, there's a, there is a few other things since the last time I was on anyway. Um, just before Christmas there, when we were, in fact it was November, um, when we were down at um, Steve's place, and we went yeah. to Peach, I tried an Orange Rocker 32. You did? I didn't actually expect to like it very much, to be honest. Um, but when I tried it in the sort of demo room they've got there, I really liked it, and I thought, right, I'm going to get one of these. I've got rid of the other Vox AC15. Yeah, because you're getting the Rocker 32. Yeah. Pair that with the Vox AC15, and the thinking behind it was that I can then run my stereo modulations through the Rocker 32 because it's got a stereo effects loop. Yeah, so you almost got like and a wet, dry, wet kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, that's the way I like to run it anyway. Even no matter what two amps I've got, I always tend to run the modulation through one amp and leave the other one dry because I just think you get more clarity that way. Yeah, yeah. So I've been using that for the past few months, but I've been finding when I'm playing live at gigs and that, that it's just got a bit too much sort of low-end thump. Playing with the Rocker 32 is that it doesn't have an EQ on the clean channel. Yeah. It's just this one flat sound. And okay. for me, it's just got a bit too much bass. And I've been trying everything with pedals and stuff to try and sort of EQ at that low end, but it's still got too much thump to it. Yeah. I don't know if it's maybe the fact that it's a... Two tens that are in there as well. I don't know if it's just too much with that and the Vox at the same time. Yeah, but, but I've persevered yeah. and persevered. It's a good amp in isolation when you listen to it. 
But with along with the Vox as well, it's just too much. So I decided to sell that as well, which I've not actually sold yet. <laughs> sell it. So, so that's another few hundred quid a loss. As yeah. Well, so. so that's like two, three months, is it? Now that you've had but that. The, yeah, three months. Three months I've had that. Well, in fact, no, wait, November. Yeah, three months. Yeah. <laughs> vintage in your word. Vintage. It is, yeah, yeah. It's vintage in my book, definitely. <laughs> so um, anyway, yeah, I'm selling that, and I've just bought a PV Classic 30, which I was playing just before we started talking here, and it's superb. Yeah. But how long that'll last, I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> my, my mate's already got dibs on it when it when it does go. So. <laughs> um, yeah, you're a complete bastard because I mean, I I had my eye on the the classic thirty, didn't I? Um, yeah. yeah. And fingers crossed, we might have a reappearance of that soon. But Good. yeah, I've got to I've got to cross everything. Touch wood, all of that superstitious mumbo jumbo, because it it's still not happened yet. But come on. Come well, on. I'll tell you what, it, it, it totally kicks the arse off a of Blues Junior anyway. That's for sure. Yeah, well, I've, I've had a few right. Blues Juniors in the past, and I know a lot of people rave about them. But I've just I've had three different ones with different speakers on it, and each one has been shit. So, <laughs> but the, the classic thirty is is really impressive. Yeah. Um, so let's I mean, see how long it lasts. Considering uh, how cheap you can get them for as well, yeah, definitely. Uh, they are an absolute kind of sleeper, aren't they? Uh, it's just yeah, yeah. I mean, but I paid three nine five for that there, which I thought was probably slightly overpriced compared to some of the second hand prices I've seen. Yeah, but um, I, I sort of complained a wee bit about that. I managed to get twenty five quid back, so it's better than nothing. Yeah. Twenty five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a terrible price, and considering you're buying it from nah, a shop. I mean, no, nah, I was being picky. I mean, because uh, you know, I'm getting three months warranty with it as yeah. well. Oh right, right. when they get with a private sale. Yeah. But I still felt as if I paid a wee bit too much, so I kind of complained a wee bit because the Tolex is slightly peeling inside, which is, I mean, it doesn't matter really. But um, I used that and says, "Well, you never said that in the description," and they said, "Okay, we'll give you twenty five quid back if you want to keep it." That'll do me. <laughs> so, <laughs> Chiching. Yeah. <laughs> Take that to the pub right there. So yeah, I mean. Yeah, so yeah, that was my my other purchase. Um, and you've you've had a couple of pedals as well. You've had a couple of pedals. You um. Oh. You've had a little foray into the EHX. Um, catalog, haven't you? Oh yeah, the Opamp, the Opamp uh, Big Muff. I bought that recently as well. Um, and that is really, really good. I'm, I'm really impressed with that. I mean, I've had a few muffs in the past as well. <laughs> I'll uh, bet you have uh, you master. I had the, the Hoof Reaper for a while there, which is a great pedal. It was really expensive as well. Yeah. But um, bam, big muff, and it only been £75 as well. I thought, well, I'll have a punt on that because it sounds pretty good and it's really impressive it's probably one of the best muffs that I've had <laughs> one there's, of the best fuzzies yeah. that I've had <laughs> there's no way of navigating this without getting uh, without getting the chorus of the boys is it but uh, yeah that's a great pedal Yeah. Uh, so I'm happy with that and the other pedal that I got is the Tony Iommi treble booster sorry full boost stroke treble booster pedal yeah Black Country Customs isn't which it? was yeah, Black Country Customs, which I think is owned by Laney. Laney. Yeah. Is it Laney? 
Yeah. Yeah. Lane eighty. I think initially when they made that pedal, they made it just for that amplifier. Or yeah. I think you got it just with that amplifier. It was something like that anyway. Mm-hmm. And people were so impressed with it that they said that it should be in sort of general sale or whatever. Um, so I, I was just in Guitar Guitar one day and I was just looking about at boosters and different pedals and I saw it. And I've tried a lot of different treble boosters in the past and never been really sort of been hot or cold, you know, some are good, some are not so good. So yeah. I said, let, let me try it and I tried it through a, an AC-15 and I said, yep, yeah, I'll take that and I've had that ever since and that's, that's a good pedal. I'm enjoying that. Yeah, I mean, notoriously, uh, treble boosters through AC amps are a specific yeah. sound, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it depends how you use them, you know, because some of the other treble boosters I bought in the past are, are designed to be put in front of a, an AC-15 or an AC-30 that's up full, and that's when it sounds really good. Mm. See, so trying to get a treble booster that sounds good maybe in front of your or pedals pushing other pedals yeah. or that will sing good when the amp is no sort of cooking you know it's harder to find one like that but this this is really good because it's not just some of the other treble boosters as well it's just sort of one sound and then a sort of boost knob and that's it whereas with this you can sort of EQ it you've got a low end and a high end and you've got a mid boost switch and a lower mid boost switch and things like that so you sort of tailor it a bit better it almost sounds like an like an EQ style rather it, than just almost, a, it almost is kind of like that, to be honest. Um, yeah. But I'm happy with it. And plus, it was only 125 quid, which is pretty decent, I thought. I could build you one for less. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you did one recently, didn't you? A boost I, pedal? I did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Matt's got my uh, my boost pedal. Um, yeah. That I, th- was the, I, I think. What was it? Hard on or something like that, was it? <laughs> Balls or something? <laughs> yeah, Balls, yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt's just gone to grab it. <laughs> no, it was it was called the the one knob the boost. The one knob boost. It, it was ah, it was more was subtle that. than that. that. The Viagra boost. Yeah, what was it called? The the, the thicker balls, the the stiffy. <laughs> But I knew it was something like I just remembered there was like a dick on it, you know. So yeah. The cat's out the bag on that one, isn't it? <laughs> 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 but yeah, so yeah. I I mean I've I've only heard good things about these black country custom pedals. I don't think I've seen them in the shops around around me, which is Ironic, considering I live in and around the Black Country, um, but I'd, I'd be very, um, very enthusiastic to get my hands on uh, one of those Black Country custom pedals. Yeah, yeah, I know Ollie was uh, mentioned in the group one time as well. He was quite interested in in trying one as well. He was, he was, and then he went yeah. to the dark side of the Kemper, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Oh, poor lad. I'm sure we'll get him back one day. That's like bringing an A-bomb to a knife fight, isn't it? Indeed, yeah, it's there somewhat. Um, So, I mean, we're pretty far into the podcast already, but I've got some stuff that I need to talk about, that I need to get off my chest. It seems like this is... Like a, a weekly therapy for me, this is, to be honest, more than anything. <laughs> um, 
if we could record it and let people listen, fine. But I, I, I just need it to, to let my. It's like confession, isn't it? <laughs> so, um, something that I did mention that we'd talk about last week, but we ran out of time. Um, the gig that I did uh, two weeks ago now, um, I played my Variax standard four. Uh, and I wanted to kind of give a brief um, overview of, of the, the Variax and how it felt more than anything. Um, because you can go on YouTube and check out um, sound demos and it's brilliant. You, there's there's very little difference when you hear a recorded version against a real guitar and blah, blah, blah. It sounds cool. Uh, there's a reason why they sell because you've got like sort of like 40, 40 odd instruments in, in one instrument all good and well. Um, I wanted to talk about how it feels, uh, for a guitarist. Um, and I was talking with Mick, uh, about this just before the podcast, um, and how it gets you like 90% of the way there. So when you, when you're playing the strap models on it, you will play like it sounds like a strap you'll play stratty things and when when it's a les paul you'll play les paul-y things you'll slightly be a bit more rocky and and whatnot um however i don't know if this is me just being nitpicky or getting like super kind of technical nerdy about it um but the guitar seems to lack um what can i what i can only describe as like harmonic overtones of the notes so when you when you're playing like a Les Paul, and you've got it going through a really loud amp, there's there's a harmonic content that really kind of almost jumps out without you even trying. So you can hit those kind of squealy harmonics, or you can get that like super rich harmonic feedback. Um, and I was just getting none of that through the uh, through the Variax. So like nine. Does it just sound a bit stereo? Yeah, almost. It it sounds like they've modelled the note itself, but yeah. the the kind of the additional extra the flavour of a of a loud amp where you get these weird kind of almost yeah. unpredictable overtones. Yeah, so the sort of fundamentals there, but everything else is is gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost, almost exactly that. Can I just ask, do you think that that's possibly because you were using a solid state and not a valve amp? Uh, no, because I've, I've tried this through valve amps before as well. Okay, that's fine. I just wanted to double check. Uh, no, no, a completely valid question, completely. Um, I mean, I was using a Mojo Mojo, so I mean, that, that would just uh, like completely get rid of any discrepancies in, in tone. Because they are, yeah. as we know, the most magical pedal. What was that? The Crowther Audio Hotcake is the most magical pedal. <laughs> no, that's that's going now. That's going. Um, Poor decision. I know, I know. But I want, I want a PV. So. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd take the PV. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, out of the the Variax, the. I mean, you, you almost discount the, the banjo and the, the resonator and all these ones because they're just, they're novelty for the sake of them being there. Um, there's probably about 
10 solid models on there, which I would rely on night after night. The Strat is one of them. The Tele is one of them. The Les Paul. Um, the 335 as well. They all sound like 90% of the way there. And I'd happily... <coughs> 90% is good enough for me to go up on a stage and play it and kind of fool the audience. Like, the audience wouldn't care less. They won't care anyway. No. <laughs> as long as I'm playing the right notes or no. there a bit. Yeah. <laughs> they won't care anyway. Even yeah. if, you, don't, you don't care. Yeah, even if they were listening to it and and were being nitpicky, I don't think they'd notice um, because it does. It no, like, the, the, the other guitarist from sorry, on you go. Adam. Yeah, no, carry on, carry on. No, I've just got to say the other guitarist in the band that I play, and he uses a Variax for some songs for some acoustic stuff and things like that, and it actually actually works really well. Yeah, I mean, it sounds pretty good. Um, the, yeah, the, um, the the acoustic models are, are one of the ones that I. Um, nitpick a little bit and especially the 12 string acoustic models um, mm-hmm. I think that's really uh, like one of the ones where you can really hear the processing of the um, of the yeah. notes um, yeah. and when you do certain things on the 12 string that you should, probably shouldn't be doing <laughs> like ridiculous arpeggios and shred um, then it doesn't. It doesn't stand up. It doesn't track well enough to keep no. up with that. Yeah, but neither neither would a twelve string. You can't shred on a twelve string. So it's just you don't know, man. You in it's, there? It's it's react reacting like <laughs> a twelve string would. It's going. That's not fucking right. What's what am I supposed to do? Yeah, it just stops. <laughs> yeah, wrong. <clears throat> um, see, you see this phenomenon as we. Sorry, to interrupt. But no, carry on. Because I've wondered because a few of the guys here and in the group that we're in. Mm. play in live bands in different situations like yeah. weddings and all this kind of stuff and this is what I kind of wonder because I mean say Chris I want to pick on Chris again but you buy and sell like a shed load of kind of high-endy kind of gear mm-hmm. and obviously so you've got like for example you've got your you got the DD500s yeah boss and then you know other bits and bobs and then so how much of that because as you just said, like you know, with the Variax, with Adam, like you're ninety percent the way they are, ninety five percent the way they were sound, and the other people who are there who are listening aren't really going to notice, as you say. Yeah. So then, mm-hmm. if you're if you're, you know, if you're gigging in pubs and clubs and all this kind of stuff, where does that need for having like I need a five hundred pound delay pedal? Because I'm going to know the difference. You don't. Navy's yeah. going to know the difference. <clears throat> no, I'm going to know the difference. You know, so that's the kind of thing. So it's where that mindset kind of is with. Kind of amateur, you know, professional gigging musicians. Like, where does that mindset? Like, I need a three grand Les Paul and a five hundred pound pedal. It's not need, though. It's not need. No, it's 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 one. It's it's your hobby to spend your money on. Yeah, it's like for when I'm going gigging and that, I'm dragging two amps with me every single time and a big heavy pedal board. Right? Yeah. I don't really need to do that. I'm doing that for me. I can actually go to every gig and use like a one of these cheap floor pods and plug through into the desk and play and that would be good enough for everybody there listening yeah but I'm just I've just got all that stuff for, for me mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah it's it's about oh, that yeah. 10% really, isn't it, it? Need, that 10% yeah. is is yeah. the feel and you don't get that feel through the pod you won't get that feel through um no let's just pick on the boss katana here um through the, the, the effects of the bus bus yeah. so you won't get that feel whereas um you could turn up to a show with a with a variax and a pod um 
Yeah. But if you don't like the feel of the Variax, like how it plays to start off with, you're not going to be playing to your best. Um, and part of... Yeah, definitely. You need... Yeah. That's a good point, actually, Adam. You do need to like, enjoy the sound yourself as well. You need to be happy with it because recently when I was gigging, like I was saying about the orange jump and too much thump and too much bass, the last gig I was playing, it was annoying me so much that it was actually putting me off. Yeah. You know, I'm actually playing. I wasn't relaxed playing because I was constantly tweaking the amp and trying to tweak pedals to get it to sound how I wanted it to sound. And the other guys in the band are saying to me, that sounds fine. And, and, and obviously the audience probably weren't giving a shit, but it was annoying me. <laughs> Yeah, especially by like, midway in the night, they're all half cut anyway. <laughs> I think that's what it was, isn't it? Because like, yeah. essentially, you're going to be playing for a room of pissed up people. Yeah. And it's like, this could sound like anything at this point in time, as long as you're playing yeah. fucking proclaimers or something, and everyone's jumping up and down. <laughs> yeah, actually, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> See the big giveaway that they don't care is when they come up at the end of the night and you've had a shit night and you've made loads of mistakes and they go, that was great, by the way, man. It was superb. You played yeah. so good. And you're going, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, you've definitely had too much. Uh... <laughs> what, well, in a pub in Scotland? You don't believe it. No, they've got, they've got a two-drink limit, haven't they? It's a, it's a four-point minimum, I think. Of <laughs> course. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I mean, that's a it's a, it's a brilliant kind of, thing that you you brought up there that 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 last 10 percent and it doesn't necessarily need to be the last 10 percent because like you say you could turn up with a pod from 15 years ago and you'd be getting kind of 50 percent of the way there um but the audience would be fine with it um like you say, you'd still get people coming up to you at the end of the show going, oh, that was amazing. You played this song and it yeah. made my night. Um, because, you know, we're interested in it and you want. I mean, you'll notice the difference between three different delay pedals where there's, you know, people yeah. who, it was the same thing, I think, with classic cars and all this kind of stuff. You know, there'll be nuances that you wreck. Um, yeah, so it's, I guess it's just like any hobby, you know, if you spend a lot of time around it. Um, you will appreciate the differences, like the subtle differences between things. So yeah, I guess I should have probably guessed that being a semi guitar player, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you you'll get the one guy who in the in the audience who <laughs> who plays guitar also, um, and he'll be just like, "Yes, that delay sound absolutely nails it." Um, <laughs> but for like the other ninety nine percent of the audience, it'll just be completely lost. Um, so yeah, I think um, one one other thing that I've done this week, uh, well, not a continuation from last week. I happened to go to a guitar shop um, over the weekend, coerced by my uh, my good friend Adam Yeomans. Um, he forced me to try um, a guitar. It was it was it, yeah, it was almost knife point yeah. Um, and the guitar was incredibly beautiful so um, I ended up buying it um, this guitar I can't even remember what it's called but it's it's a Vox guitar um, and it, it's uh, a bit of a strange one it's got P90 pickups but they also have got um, two blade magnets on the outside of the P90 pickup um, and a switch that allows you to switch between the two modes. 
um, which is just amazing. Um, and as far as I'm aware, the, the P90 mode is humbucking as well. So that's an added bonus. But it, it sounded absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. What what kind of black magic is in there to make the P90s humbucking as well? Uh, I don't know. It's maybe voodoo. Maybe like ritual sacrifices. I don't know. Uh, you'd have to ask the uh, the guys over at Vox. It's did you see it's got magnets on the outside as well? Yeah, yeah. So uh, if if you look at the pickup itself, it's visible mm. that you've got like the P ninety pickup pole pieces in the middle, but around mm. the outside you've got two bar magnets as well. It's maybe we're having them then that makes it hum cancelling then. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, I think anyway. Because I know um, Reverend do a P90 model. Yeah. And there's this hum cancelling, and the way they do it, they've got like a. You've got like three pole pieces, I think it is, on one side. Yeah. At the For the top three strings, and then the magnet for the bottom three strings is on the other side. Yeah. And somehow they make it hum cancelling that way. So I'm, I'm guessing it's something similar to that that they've done in the box. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's I've, magic. I am. I'm not yep. going to pretend that I am a a tone doctor, and that I understand any of this. Um, <laughs> but I, I was having like a mad kind of uh, like a, a guitar itch for uh, something with P90s. So this scratches that itch, and something that's kind of SG Junior style. Yeah, it looks a bit like an SG, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it's more comfortable. There's a, there's a cutout for the neck um, up at the the dusty end of the guitar, um, so that it's got like a a nice nice access up that end. Um, the, Did you get any neck, Dave? No. Um, the cool. the strap pin is on the uh, the top horn. They've, they've done it in a really clever way, so that it doesn't dive. <laughs> Um, and it's also got a belly cut, which I am insanely grateful for in my 30s. <laughs> <laughs> that should be standard on everything these days. Yeah. yeah. Do you want a gym membership or a belly cut? I want a belly cut. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, yeah. You can give me a gym membership all you want, but I'm not fucking going. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that is my uh, my, my week. Oh, uh, just, um, just as an, an aside as well... Um, the 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 absolute bastards at the guitar shop uh, happened to plug me into a Black Star Artist Ten, one of the new ten watt um, combos, and the the Artist series yeah. is um, supposed to be renowned for being like a beautiful pedal platform, um, and it sounded bloody amazing. <laughs> are they the the replacements for the ID core series? No, they these like these the are valve. Version of that, no? They're uh, they're all oh, right. The valve. Right yeah, yeah. So you've got you've got three in the in the in the valve kind of series. You've got the HT series, which were based on the uh, the HT pedals, um, and they they kind of go from like one watt all the way up to hundred watts. Um, I've got I've got one watt. Yeah. Great, great little practice, Yeah, it's it's wonderful, isn't it? 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I happen to have a few in that range. I've got the the one, the five, and the forty. Um. Yeah, I had the five before, and it was actually quite a good arm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. So you had it more on a full night. What's that, Mike? Yeah, it was a good amp, so you had it for longer than a full Yeah, I think I had it for maybe about six months or something like that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, that, that's almost reaching legendary status over at Demo Labs, isn't it? <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's, there's that series. You've got the um, the Artisan series as well, which are like the, the hand-wired, British-made, like dog's bollocks ones. Um, and then... About two years ago, they bought out the Artist series, which is uh, like a, essentially like a clean pedal platform. I, I believe they drive as well, but it's they're not made for drive. They're made for being like a, a good, solid, dependable, clean platform uh, for your pedal. And is that a 1B12, one, uh, one Adam? Um, yes, I believe it was, yeah. It was either a 110 or a 112, but it was, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um, yeah, I mean, they released uh, three, uh, three 10-watt um, amps uh, at the end of last year. It's like a special special edition limited run, uh, an Artisan 10, an Artist 10, and I can't remember what the other one was, but who cares? I got to play one of the, the, the Artist 10s, and they're fucking awesome. So, <laughs> um, yeah, well done. If, if this PV thing falls through... Mm. <laughs> yep. Uh, anyway, so we've we've got a bit of a meaty topic this week, haven't we? Um, there is something going on in the guitar community that is shaking the community so much that actually the mainstream media are talking about it. The big G. What's that? It's the it's the big G, Mick Gibson. All right. So, in fact, Mick, you you. You know a little bit about this, don't you? So what, what's been going on with Gibson this week? Well, what, what's happened is, is that uh, it would appear from, that you know, Gibson is not just one company. It's bought up a load of subsidiaries in different markets. And I think it, I, I thought it was the, the headphone thing that's gone completely tits up. Yeah, so... Philips, uh, as, uh, Philips is it? Was it Philips they bought? Uh, part, well, um, parts of Philips here. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. But, um, Philips es- is bigger than Gibson. Essentially, as a as an overview, um, lots of media outlets this week have been um, posting up that Gibson are facing bankruptcy because they have a large debt over their head um, and a very short time in which to pay that debt. Um, so, uh, as as Mick said, it, it's more towards them acquiring um, quite a few um, companies. I mean, they they did some headphone stuff. They did um, like pro audio stuff. Um, they've got something to do with KRK monitors, and um, yeah, there's there's all these kind of offshoots of of Gibson um, that aren't doing so well. Um. But the way that the media have been kind of putting it across is that the guitar company may um, may be no more. Yeah, and I I think that's a little bit strong. I think 
the guitar company might, or the, the, the company of Gibson as a whole might go into liquidation. Yeah. But the guitar division is profitable, so there's no way when the, when the company goes into liquidation, somebody isn't going to go in and just buy the guitar division and say, we'll take all your patents for Les Balls and SGs and, you know, the headstock that you've yeah. got and the, the brand name. They'll come in and they'll take that and they'll just run with it because the, the, the guitar department is still profitable. Yeah. They might yeah. leave leave KRK and Phillips and whatever else the, the other brands are. But I don't think the, the guitar side is going to die, but it might come under another brand. You might see somebody like Court or somebody, somebody who's a totally obscure sort of company come in and it'll be Gibson by somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was... There was uh, lots of memes going around on the uh, on the guitar community this week, like Disney uh, by Gibson, yeah. <laughs> uh, Gibson <laughs> by Court, yeah, all, all these kind of things. Um, but there might be uh, some some truth behind it. Um, if if Gibson have got a large debt and they need to pay it, it might be that certain parts of their company are. Are being uh, pawned off essentially. Um, yeah. You- so basically, if you want to know ex- exactly what they've got to do, basically, in July this year, they've got three hundred seventy-five million pounds worth of what's called senior secure- secured notes. They're like government bonds, only for um, entities, um, and they've basically got to raise one hundred forty-five million dollars to buy off some of that payment by July. So that's that's their task is 145 million dollars by July against this um, senior secured notes that are going to mature. So yeah. it's, it's probably one joke about on a massive special, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's that's it seems like a great deal, but they've they've got plans, haven't they? I mean this week they've um, they've officially announced the modern flying V, so. Fingers crossed. Everything's sorted now, then. Yeah, yeah. Should be raking in that cash. Um, so for those, they've got those eighteen van custom shops as well. <laughs> so, yeah. So let's have a talk about them. Uh, Modern Flying V. Uh, what's all that about? It's a Star Trek badge with a neck. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I quite like it. I quite like it. Uh, so yeah, um, it is essentially a Star Trek badge with a neck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if they release it in pink, uh, you'll definitely get your head beat up right here. <laughs> did you did you see the things that they released? They're like less balls, but they're like two different colors, and it's like in a sort of yeah. split sort of yeah. The eighteen van yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think they call them the eighteen vans, do they? The boogie boogie customs are called <laughs> the boogie customs. Well, as long yeah. as it's yeah. I Only mean, like five and a half grand. <sighs> Piece of piss. Yeah, I mean, just sign me yeah. up for two. Yeah. <laughs> well, Steve Barras will get four then. <laughs> yes. He'll <laughs> yeah. decorate his kitchen with them or something. That's it. <laughs> I'm in the collector's items now. Um, so those those custom shop um, van <laughs> van les balls, boogie shop vans. Um. They're they're quite an expensive guitar, um, but they're 
Um, they're coming up with some new pickups, aren't they? The 78 Customs or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So, I mean, they're, they're at least specking them out different rather than just putting a lick of paint on them and say, yeah, people will buy these. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to confess now, all I saw was the, the paint job and the price tag. Yeah, 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 me too, me too, me too. Um, I didn't do much much research into them because I thought, this is not for me. <laughs> um, but what do you reckon? Do you reckon like bold moves like the modern Flying V and this weird um, kind of sex pest van finish? Um, <laughs> do you think that's going to... Um, Gonna pull Gibson out of this this funk or no? Nope. Me nope. being the international business strategist that I am, <laughs> thinks that just make four models and have like three colours and just price them a little bit lower. There's no need to have fifty finishes on a light bulb standard or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, just yeah, I like five. There's too much of everything. Like stop, just stop, just make the core <laughs> well. Yeah. And they'll sell. Everyone's going to yeah. buy them if it's like a, if it's a two grand standard, they'll fly off the shelves. If you make a they will like a grand Les Paul Studio, they'll fly off the shelves. It's just it's just simple, you know what I mean? And I don't understand why it's just <laughs> all of these things every time it's like the 2018 release, and it's like four pages long, and nobody gives a shit, and they're too expensive. <laughs> just rein it in. Yeah. And everything will kind of start to sort itself out. That's what I think. You you say that, but I'll, I'll go back to my my earlier statement. The guitar department is profitable. Mm. They're not losing money yeah. the way that they're one of the guitars. Yeah. And that's all they're seeing. They're seeing the fact that they are in profit with the guitars. So what they're doing must be right in their heads. Whereas <laughs> they need to sort out the other divisions. Poor, now, poor I'm not Gibson. sure that what they're doing. I think that you're right. If they did streamline things, they yeah. would probably make more profit. Yeah. But I don't think they see it like that. I think they see, oh, we're in profit. We're obviously doing the right thing. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, you know, this, the economy of scale involved with consolidating the the brand would make them more money without doubt. But but yeah, you know, they they're trying they are trying to necessarily catch up, but do something different to spend, aren't they? That's that's all they're doing. Yeah, it's trying to, to trying to make themselves that much different to fender. Yeah. And it may it may end up being a you know, a, a divisive move, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think I've said it. They might. I've said it on here before. Like with Fender, they're doing a very decent job with some very individual brands. Like you got your Charvels, you got your Jacksons, you got your Fender. They all yeah. serve a purpose to a very a fairly broad amount of people, and they're doing them well. Yes. And you know, and they do do custom shop stuff that looks like a a cowboy hat or a fucking saloon door or whatever they end up doing but they're like they're, they're, they're ones off like they're one off so like but they don't make entire lines of these yeah van coloured five grand instruments because it's like there is there is lessons to be learned from Fender but I don't not they don't seem to be doing it but as Matt says they're still making money so what the fuck yeah. doing yeah I mean as long as they've got Gibson on the headstock they will make money yeah exactly um but yeah um there are there are quite a few ways in which um, Gibson could go. Um, I think one thing is unanimous that I don't think anybody truly wants to see them disappear. Even though it's it's not really a 
a, a, an option at the moment. I don't think anyone does want to see them disappear. Um, no. Uh, there was one thing that... Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our, our Paul, bless him. We do miss you, lad. Uh, <laughs> we'll have you back on. Um, I, I watched a, a video this week, um, which was a couple of weeks old. Um, Glenn, Glenn Fricker of Spectre Sound Studios talking about the uh, the modern Flying V actually um, and some of the points that he made he was saying how um, like certain companies are going in like Roasted Maple and Fan Frets and, and and all these kind of modern um, modern appointments um, and that you, you're just not seeing that on, on Gibsons and that if they want themselves to stay relevant that that's where they should be heading um i mean you say that but then when they do try and do something a bit of the ordinary everyone loses their mind like they put they put a tuner on the back of the headstock which essentially makes your life easier and then all <laughs> yeah. the purists started yeah. losing their lunch over it like <laughs> i don't want this robot garbage on my headstock i want to <laughs> non-locking tuners that don't stay in tune too well and I don't want anything different you know, so it's, they're, they're, they're always going to come up against one thing or the other it's like yeah. innovate you innovate it sucks why doesn't it feel like a 59 Les Paul that, that's the thing for companies like Gibson though, they're, they're constrained by their heritage Yeah. so because of the history and what the guitars have always been like then they're, they're reined in by that and people don't want it to change yeah, and they're trying to be innovative and put on these things that are supposed to make life easier and people are just like no I want it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're, 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 in America, they're called a heritage brand, and that's what they want to make. You know, and uh, when they go, when they try something new, they try something outrageously new. Yeah. And, you know, their loyal customers, you know, bemoan holy cow, you know? No, the, the biggest mistake they made with the tuners thing was the fact that they just implemented it in all the guitars. Um, and I don't know if that was down to cost or something in their part it was easier to do that but they probably should have done it just in selected lines maybe and give you the option either having the normal tuners or the the automatic but that's ones. what they now do yeah, that's what they now do they, they they did it for a year forced you to have it realised that that wasn't what people wanted and the following year they split it between the traditional and the high performance on every model yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a good move then I think yeah well done Gibson yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there is some business <laughs> in there one positive thing about them <laughs> Well, I just remember they're American and therefore not very bright. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose listeners go on. That's that leech done. Hang so. on, hang on. I've, I've got I've got to do a, a disclaimer here, haven't I? So the, the views of Mick Dodd do not necessarily reflect the views of the Fret Talk podcast. <laughs> Even though they do. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> I lived I lived in I lived in America for two years I don't me. dig a deeper hole Mick just leave it <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't man. dig a hole build a wall oh dear oh dear <laughs> uh, yeah so I think that's that's where we'll leave it with Gibson uh, for this week um, I'm just gonna we, we're gonna to our final topic um this is in a little bit of a response to our our rant well i'll say ours matt's rant last week um 
um, about music being dead. Um, so this this week um, saw the the Brit Awards, which um, for for the last probably about ten years has been largely um, useless and the Ed Sheeran show. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 been not. Um, I don't know. It's just lacked any impact. However, I uh, I decided to watch it this week um, based on the fact that we were saying music is dead. Um, just to see what's going on. Um, and there was a there was that Stormzy fellow. Uh, he was is he uh, Rascal's younger brother. Well, yeah. I mean, he's a he's a big mother. Yeah. In 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 more ways than one. In more ways than one. He's 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 quite a titan. I mean, he he, he mocked up at the Brit Awards last night. He won best um, best male artist and uh, best album, I think. Um, however, um, as you did say, Matt, um, the the music itself is very kind of rooted in old school rap and. Um, I'm saying Dizzy Rascal is old, old school. Yeah, so in terms of like listening to that, grime doesn't just it doesn't appear to me to be a new genre. It just seems to be a subset of um, established genres. However, um, one thing that did strike me while listening to some of the lyrics um, that this man was um, kind of putting across is that actually. This guy is is the modern day punk movement. Well, is he? What's he saying? Um, there was some some political mention, and I don't think we'll, we'll get into it uh, there. I will suggest um, that you look up the uh, the the Brit Awards uh, end performance by Stormzy last night. Right. Okay. <laughs> Was that your off? <laughs> it, it was yes <laughs> it was um so yeah I'd, I'd urge you to go on youtube or or whatever and go go um go listen to that because there's there's a, a, I mean, a political element that um it's it, it I, I don't think i've heard it in music for a while well, i can certainly do that Stormzy's Jeremy Corbyn's mate, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, but no, he, he, he's got a political element, and you know, I, I, he is he is talking to the youth, which can't be a bad thing, you know. What I mean, yeah, it, it it goes beyond kind of um, just just a general chit chat with the youth, and more kind of arming them with um, political opinion and. Um, the impetus to to want to change things. Um, yeah, uh, it's it, it's very um, localized to kind of what's going in going on in South London. Um, south, south. You didn't say that right. The south. south. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the south. The south of London. Um, <laughs> but. Just, just listening to that performance last night, kind of it, it excited me because it, it, it almost seemed like there's a, 
there's a, a change in the wind of um, of the musical climate, and that something something new is happening, and something more meaningful is happening with um, with with modern music. Yeah, I think, I think the term the term grime was brought in to distinguish. Yeah, with the British scene from the, the Yankee shite, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's sort of like, the, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm, you know, obviously too old to enjoy that sort of thing, but, uh, you, know, he's, you know, he seems to be a, a geezer on a mission. Yes. So, yeah. and that, that, I mean, that, that's good. Yeah, yeah, he's not trying to be pop, he's trying to be him, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, sorry, I think so, sorry. So we obviously had this conversation in regards to um, last week um, about the Reading Festival, which was yeah. always very much of a musical type. You know, it was always kind of rock, pop, punk, pop, punk, you know, grungy kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, and then and as, jazz and jazz and, and jazz. Wait. Sorry, I, I'm going back further than I perhaps recall. But it was, <laughs> it's obviously. I mean, it's it, it, the, the Brits, the charts, the streams, downloads, the YouTube views. It's all a business, and yeah. there's a. I think that there's obviously merit to classic acts, and people will find them, and people will get turned on to them by different people, you know, kids will get turned on to ACDCs and Led Zeps and they'll love them forever like everyone kind of has. Yeah. But there's not much of a recognisable theme there for people to kind of grab onto. Yeah. Um, the way that perhaps, you know, for young folk now in different situations, like Stormzy and the rest of the folk actually is. So I think that's kind of where we are. Like what we what we like, like I don't like that Reading lineup. I'm not going to bother to go and see it. But I'm not going to say that music is dead. Perhaps the music that we like has gone a bit stale and it isn't top of the charts and it's not top of everyone's mind and it's not saying things to people now that it maybe could do. Um, I don't think, obviously, music isn't dead. It's just changed and it's a business now. It's very, it is more business and it seems to be all about the numbers and the stats now. Yeah. So that's why you're going to get people with it. is that then not killing music and creating this noise machine that, that has come in its place where we've now got, you know, generic, short, white, blonde girl who's quite skinny producing a pop song or two for two years and then disappearing for the rest of the time? There's no way to talk about Adam. What? <laughs> <laughs> that, Trying his best for that purple wrinkle, right? Leave It's not really music anymore, is it, in the sense of, Music was always about conveying your emotions to somebody. Now we've got what somebody in a business suit thinks is going to sell to the masses. I don't think it was always. So about can we not? <laughs> okay. There was always music. plenty of pish about to counteract the good music. But I think we need to start differentiating and saying that there is two different. <laughs> there is music and there is this other stuff. It's and still more, music. more and more the world. No, it's not though. It's not. <laughs> you can't see, Matt. You can't see that. It's, in its bones, it's still music. But the thing is, like, if you want something that's going to speak to you, it's still around. Like in Bristol, I guess it may be a bit easier down here, but there's shit tons of live music. There's young, exciting bands that are floating about. I've been to see a few of them. They're there. It's just the landscape has changed, and it's it's a lot more DIY. 
Um, yeah. You know, if you're going to have to build up your your Twitter and your Instagram and your Facebook to get noticed, it's just the way it is. But then some stuff, there's just money in it. There's money in some stuff, and that's what gets prevalence, and that's what you're going to hear on Radio 1 and whatever. I don't know why anyone would. But that's what you're going to hear. Yeah. It's just, you've always had the populist level, and you've always had the other level, and then the populist level is just changed it's just different and there's no there's no great white let's say great white that's i shouldn't say that there's no great guitar hopes <laughs> in the, in the horizon just now there isn't i mean you're gonna be one newish band who you know is a four-piece guitar bass and drum band now i can't name you one i'm thinking but i can't that's gonna take the world by storm it's just it's taking a back seat just now yeah maybe back in the future but it might it might just be like this for a while but it is still music and it still has validity to some people and it still means things to people it's just but I mean it's just perspective yeah the business model's changed doesn't it there's no there's no money in selling records anymore it's downloads and you know you get your 0.005 of a penny for a a Spotify download yeah and so is, is is there any point in making albums anymore and you know and to make an album they you know people used to think about things and you know putting great uh, you know to make sure that there's 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 you know 60 minutes work but they don't do that now yes because yeah they know that they can make a year's earning on one track yeah true so you know uh, you know it's yeah there's there's definitely you do wonder yeah it's yeah it isn't what it used to be um and there's n- it's it's almost like the the certainty behind um behind that has has shifted and and we've we're, we're not quite where it at the end point yet um so yeah. it's 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 almost like we we um we're in a shift yeah. uh, in i mean a, i, I, I I I oh I didn't see it last night, but I've I you know I, I, I the rag and bone man geezer I think is a, a great talent. Yeah. Now will he last? You know, longer than the the difficult second album. <laughs> we will have to see. Um, you know, I don't know. Well, you know, because yeah, the, the human track is excellent. You know. Yeah. And it is, but could you name another one of his songs? Uh, human reasons. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, he uh, the 12-inch version particularly okay. well. <laughs> I'm always hearing that, to be honest. Um, so, um, I, th- I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up there uh, for this evening. This is a this is a discussion that we're gonna we're gonna keep having because it, it is so kind of key to everything Just that we do. What? One quick thing just before you do. You've got 10 seconds, Matt. I had a look at the winners from last night's Brit Awards. And again, it's the same with the Reading and Leeds lineup. You've got a lot of modern stuff. And then you've got the Gorillas, who I think of as like a mid-2000s band. And the Foo Fighters, who I think of as a mid-2000s band. And everyone else is is this modern stuff. But you've, you've still got that mid-2000s coming in for no apparent reason. (laughs) <laughs> um, across everything and I don't know like is there some sort of revival that I'm not aware of if, like 2006 has come back to the present that's it yeah it's cyclic isn't it um, but anyway anyway simple like, fucking mind that's all I'm saying <laughs> like I say um, it's where we're going to wrap it up for for this week um, we, we will continue 
continue this one on uh, in future episodes. Um, I think we've um, we've lost lost Chris um, on the um, on the journey, so we'll uh, we'll just have to send Chris's goodbyes uh, remotely. Um, if you do want to find us on the interwebs, you go uh, Fret Talk Podcast in the Facebook groups. Um, we are all on there. We all post things. It's all good. Say hello. Um, if you want to catch me, Budget Pedal Chap, uh, at Facebook, Budget Pedal Chap, Instagram, um, you go on YouTube, Budget Pedal Chap, um, you'll find me. If you want to find Matt, you go facebook.com slash switch IOM. And uh, both Paul and Mick are quite elusive. I think uh, Vitamin P on Instagram is for Paul. Um Mick, you are tight head sixty eight, is it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a bit short of sixty nine. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as always. Um, but this has been it's it's been a roller coaster this week and it's been just amazing fun. So from your host budget pedal chap, from Mick, from Paul, from uh Matt also, it is going to be goodbye and good night from us. Ta-ta. Cheers, big ears. Cheers. Oi, oi, Savaloy. Oi, don't take the piss. <laughs>